to Mad Toast Live, recorded in front of a live audience. We're at 701 East Washington Avenue, right down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. We're your hosts, Mary Gaines and Chris Wagoner. Thank you so much for coming tonight here in Mad Toast Live. You can catch podcasts, uh, different podcasts, every Monday and Thursday on madtoastlive.com and iTunes. We're very happy to be here tonight with Montana Skies.
Well, welcome. Thank you so much for being on our show tonight. You got John, Thanks. Jonathan, and Jen Adams. That's us. That's Thanks you. for having us. <laughs> Did you guys ever study in Spain? Did we what? Ever study in Spain? We never studied here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, you, you met in, in, in Athens, Georgia, right? You were going to school there? Did I get that right? Yeah, that's exactly right. We both have performance degrees okay. for, from uh, school in Athens. Yeah. And uh, it's a great music town. That's where R.E.M. came out of Athens. And there's just a lot of music. There's like three newspapers devoted just to the music scene. Oh, man. And that's yeah. wonderful. It's Lots a great of, town for yeah. music. And it was really an inspirational place to for us to study music, but just to be around all the bands and, and, and that kind of scene was, was fun for us. Now, when you studied classical music, did you do, were you playing other styles before or after that? Were, you, were either of you ever involved in like rock bands or things like that? When I was in college, I was studying strictly classical, but as a cello player, all of yeah. the rock bands and people that wanted to be, you know, doing rock, they asked me to... You know, I mean, occasionally yeah. they would ask me to play on the albums, and so I, da I dabbled in that, and that was fun, but really um, nothing outside of classical. They would tell me what to play, and right. I'd play it for them, and it wasn't until after college that we started doing different things. Yeah, yeah and I was pretty much, I had played in rock bands in high school. Uh, of course, as a guitar player, you kind of go through all the phases, and and uh, in college, I was studying classical music, uh, classical guitar, and pretty much focused on that. And um, Jen and I met uh, in music school. And then after that, we started sort of doing the duo. And we started with chamber music and kind of going off of that classical feel. But, uh, you know, we quickly found out there wasn't a lot of music for that. And so we quickly evolved into something other than classical. Just out of necessity, right? I like the yeah. story on the on one of the websites. I was reading about how you guys uh, you went to the music you went to the university library to investigate repertoire, and then figured found that you it was very hard to find things that had been written for for cello and classical guitar. Yeah, and so you said, "Well, we're going to write our own." Right? Well, actually, Kinda. it was more like panic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, then, and then we had to find our own musical voice, you know, and, and develop that. And I think that it helped us get in touch with being our own artists yeah. a lot. Um, but it also makes me really appreciate classical music and, and the, um, you know, how you can just have a piece of music and it's mm -hmm. about how well you perform it and, and the expression on that. But, but um, this... This is something that we're always looking for inspiration and trying to find our own voice here. Yeah. And everything that, that we play now is either an arrangement that we've done or an original that, um, that we've written. Um, so um, there's only, we have a friend from Italy and he's written a song for us, but other than that, um, so yeah. it's definitely our own thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it. Well, and if you're not you're not hearing this, if you're in the in the podcast audience or listening on uh, over the airwaves somehow, um, really dynamic duo to watch too. Sorry, pardon the phrase. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and our last name is Adam Adams. Adams. So people yep. always are like do 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 do. 
<laughs> I wasn't going to go there. But, uh, <laughs> we rebelled and we don't know how to play it. Don't ask us. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they're, they're both all over the stage. But Jen's like ending up like, she's sitting down right now, but half the time is, is kind of um, teetering over the monitors and, <laughs> and just swaying back and forth. And I don't think uh, cellos aren't really... You're, meant to be played. Well, they're not way. not you're, you're designed break that way. <laughs> I'm just worried, that's all. They're just not yeah. Yeah. normally. Yeah. Well, it has some nicks, but... Um, <laughs> but you put them there, right? So that's, I put them there. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. it's best to put your own nicks yeah. in. Yeah. What do you guys have for us? You wanna... Yeah, we've got yeah. some more. We're, we have, we have do... an original for you oh. now. Okay. This is uh, one that we wrote after traveling through the Southwest and some folks asked us about playing uh, some flamenco and we thought that was a pretty good idea, but we didn't have any flamenco and we couldn't find any for the cello and the guitar. And so we wrote this uh, particular tune and uh, after we had written it, we were thinking about what we should call it. And um, we decided since it's not authentic flamenco and we wrote it, that we would uh, call this gringo flamenco.
Montana skies. Have you, you guys have probably played some really big stages, I'm sure, right? Big lights, big stages. Some big, yes. Yeah, some big, exactly. Have you ever played with as more than a duo? Yes. Okay. Sometimes, what do you add when you add? When you're... Well, we actually, our, our last studio CD, Lift, um, included bass and percussion. And so we had kind of world percussion. We met um, Arvin Scott in Athens, uh, who is a percussion, uh, world percussion instructor, and he also sits in with widespread panic from time to time. Okay. Uh, but he had sort of a um, hybrid kit with electronics and world percussion, which was a lot of fun. And then we also had uh, various bass players we worked with, so it was a lot of fun. Yeah, because you definitely have this hybrid interface going on here. If you, for, for those of you not hit the live show here, it's a really interesting looking stage. We'll, we'll see if we can post some pictures up to the website for you, if that's okay. We don't want to give away your pedal secrets. I mean, that's fine. Oh, no, no not at all. <laughs> it changes about every three months. Nobody so. Good, could good figure, luck. Nobody could figure it out just from what John has in front of I can't of even this, figure it out. He's a mad that's scientist. True. Well, there are wires and cords. No, there are two computer screens. There's a laptop and another larger screen, and then there's like a three racks, a three-space rack, or t uh, whatever, how many space, <laughs> three racks going yes. on there, and a floorboard, a pedal board, and that's all Jonathan. Right. Actually, and another one, right? There's another... Yeah, that's John's. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep, and Jen... All that's John's. Jen's got, uh, you should, you've got a, a thing going on there. Looks like yeah. an on-off box. And then there's another yes. button that I think is a bomb, I'm not sure. <laughs> it, says, it says signing off, that's got yes. me worried. This one? Yes, yeah. sign off. Yeah. Yes, okay. that's funny. Mine has my name on it, but you can't really see <laughs> it in more off. I had put my name on my pedal with little um, diamond stickies, and they all fell off on the road. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But it's really interesting. I mean, you're getting great sounds. So this, this hybrid, you, the, when you're working with this, this percussionist that's also doing this uh, hybrid thing, is it like electronics mm -hmm. also, you say? Yeah. Well, uh, well yeah. go ahead. Yeah, he's, he's a... Fusion um, world and electronic percussion player, and um, it's been would you say two years since we worked with Arvin mm -hmm. or a year? It's, it, a couple it of years, of, I think. Yeah. So what what happened was we um, did the studio album with the bass and the percussion player, yeah. and we just loved the power of having bass and percussion, yeah. and we said, mm -hmm. well, what can we do? The, the two of us, and John had already started um, looping, which is where we layered the sounds. Yeah. And um, so what we did is we gave ourselves a challenge musically to, to try to create more bass and percussion at the same mm -hmm. time that we were playing. And if we weren't doing that, then um, to just have more energy with right. the songs that we were playing. Um, and at, uh, you know, at that time, I had discovered my electric cello. And I, I chose to um, get one where I can stand with it and, mm -hmm. and be free um, that way physically. I, I've always wanted yeah. to move around um, a lot, and I do it with my acoustic, but then the electric enabled me to, to yeah. have that. So that was sort of the challenge we gave ourselves. And um, we're currently just touring as the duo, but, but with, you know, all, what we try to do is create that energy with just the two of us. I mean, I can see, it's, well, it's working. Well, thank yeah. you. It's definitely <laughs> working, yeah. It's definitely working. And, but I could see you on a big stage. You know the public, the public PBS specials they have? I could, you, you're, if you have, have you done any of those yet? 
No, oh, I'm um, sure you will. I'd love to though. Yeah, so if you have anybody any friends. has an aunt or an uncle that's like cooked <laughs> into it, that'd be cool. We don't actually have any friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I could see you guys. It's, it's this great energy. Um, it's a Steinberger Steinberger cello, right? That you play. Yeah, Ned Steinberger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's based out of Maine, and he makes all of the violin family. And he what he does is. Um, He's, he's also doing different designs. So the, the cello itself, um, here, I'll pick it up and tell everybody about okay. it. Uh, I like to tease Jen. I think she just had six-string envy. So <laughs> she was jealous of my guitar, so she got two extra strings. Okay. That is slick. So you just strap that right on over your neck. She said, it is a little phallic. <laughs> Lest that be lost. <laughs> or, you know, drunk, drunk uh, men from shows have told me that. But Okay, so this, this electric cello um, is made by Ned Steinberger. And um, I opted to have um, the six-string model. So the middle four strings... These are the same four strings as the classical cello. And then I have two extra strings that are like bookends. And the high one obviously takes me in the violin range. And then the low one takes me in the bass range. And so this cello is adding already to the very large range of the cello and is enabling me to play in the full spectrum of the string orchestra. Um, And so that's what's making it sound different. And then, as I mentioned before, the design allows me to, to stand with it. Um, and I think it's a wonderful um, It does look like toy. a really, really good design. Yeah. The way it hangs out and the way it sounds, the way you play it really, really doesn't make you go, oh my god, it's an electric cello. It's more just like, yeah. that sounds beautiful. So well, We're thanks. not actually sponsored tonight by, by Steinberger. Yes. Uh, well, the but. previous show, we had a Seth Blair on, and he played a Jensen that was also mm-hmm. a six-string. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, I think that string players want electric instruments, you know, just like guitarists, yeah. the electric guitar and Jimi Hendrix. I mean, come on. You know, you, you want to, to be able to rock out, too. That's really what it was. It wasn't that I had six-string envy. It was that I'm, <laughs> like, I'm just a nerd, and I wanted to rock. <laughs> you rock. You do rock. <laughs> rock. I'm with you there, sister. I think we'll play another original for you now. This song's called Lift, and it's actually one of the songs that was um, on the studio album with the bass and the percussion. And we haven't played it for a while, but we'll see how it goes. (laughs) We'll be sitting over taking notes. Don't mind us. You make me nervous with that, actually. (laughs) I'm going to put this away. I'll sit it down here very, very slowly. I feel like I'm at my psychiatrist. <laughs> Why do you feel that way?
That was, that was Jen and Jonathan Adams performing the uh, Bach Sonata number three, opus 13, Kukul number 44, in D minor. Uh, thank you very much. There are bow hairs all over the stage. You, you've, you've torn your bow asunder. <laughs> and there are fingernails and blood no. and sweat all over the stage now. Not right now. Maybe, maybe you know, leading up to it <laughs> could happen. Yeah. But yeah, I need to get this rehaired so badly. Ah, uh, yeah. Yes. Now you, tell me, you said you have he's a, pink, got some pink, he has a pink bow. It was supposed to be red, but it. Yeah. Oh, well, like you know, it's one of our our, our guys here in town that uh, Mike McDougall is our friend that rehears bow here. I've seen them, and I've seen them where they can even make them like um, not candy cane, but like a striped. Striped. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, that's cool. My bow is supposed to be purple, but you can't. Tell. I noticed that earlier, but I thought it was just the lights, and I nah. figured I'm so. It's wrong. too subtle. If they're gonna make it purple, they need to make it purple. But <laughs> I, I have a purple cello at home, and it doesn't look purple on stage. Oh, it looks yeah. brown. So what do you do when you're on the road and you, you end up ripping all the bow hairs off your bow? You've got a backup, I presume. I have a backup, and. Um, I want to get another bow that's exactly like this, but the Coda bow people don't make them anymore, oh. so. Yeah. Yeah. Darn so, it. My, but uh, yeah, I have a backup bow. And recently um, in North Carolina, actually, we, um, we had an off night and we went and saw some other performers. And the violin player, she learned how to rehear her bow and she said it's not that hard. And oh. so next time I'm in North Carolina, I'm gonna see if we can go see them and she she said you can learn from this book but i don't think i can so first you but, have to catch a horse yeah <laughs> and then make it stand still and not kill you while you're behind right. it and then, then exactly. you've got to yeah. shave its back it's not as easy right. as it sounds she said it's easy and i think she's lying to you that yes usually <laughs> when people are lying yes it's true they say it's easy so i got to ask a technical cello question okay but now seth brought it up in the last episode so i'm not too nerdy Okay. Um, so you're doing thumb position on this cello, but you don't have to do it on the electric cello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was Seth Blair. <laughs> um, the other cello doesn't have the body of the instrument, so it feels different, but you oh. still put your thumb on the string. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. But um, it does feel different, and I think that the way that I approach the acoustic cello, I, one day I realized that this was only 26 inches from the bridge all the way to here, or something like that, right? Yeah, is that right, 26? Like I don't know. And I said, 26 inches? Why am I scared of 26 inches? Yeah. You know? What's the difference between depends here? Depends on who you're talking to, but... You know, what's um, the difference between here and there? Nothing. Oh, yeah. Right. And that's what did it for me. It's just don't worry that. about it. I mean, yeah. of course, um, I have, you know, I still mess up up here and stuff, but... You know, just, I don't feel like, oh, it's thumb position. I just think it's the cello. Yeah. That's good. That's good. You'll combine it all in your head. Exactly. Yeah. I think that started to happen for me when I was, I was studying classical music. Mary and I met here at the University of Wisconsin and playing in the, in the symphony here. And then I, but I was playing in, in a, like a country band at night and blues and rock bands and stuff. And I remember my teacher th th thinking I was going to get really sloppy playing country music. And he's probably right. I probably did a little bit 
But it was a jam session, and the best thing, really, in retrospect, that ever happened for my playing, I think like what you're talking about, because you're up there, and all these other people are coming up, and you're having to make them sound good, and you don't know what the song is or what yeah. key it is. You just play. Yeah. And so you're not thinking about, I have to get up to this particular spot. Because yeah. they, well, that's where the note is. Yeah. So that's where you go. Yeah. You know, so you end up just... Did improvising kind of do that for you, too? Um, improvising is something that um, has helped, yeah, because you hear something and then you just yeah. go you after just, that, yeah. yeah. But I think that, that the freedom with the cello had to come first for me. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I was um, too restricted. Uh huh. You yeah. Know? Cause, I, restricted is not a word that I would use to describe either of you. No. <laughs> when you're playing. At Thank all. you. So, you guys are your husband and wife, you're married? We yes. are. That's great. Yeah. Isn't traveling up. together wonderful? Yeah, most it of the time. It is when you're not in a fight. <laughs> yeah. And then when you're, if you're in a fight, it sucks really bad. Because <laughs> you're in the car together and then you're in the hotel yeah. together. But, but then you have to work it out, right? Because you're and oh, soon. Because, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we have a lot of um, give and take, you know? And, yeah, and, and we've been doing this um, for forever since we've been married, so we have no idea what it's like for anyone else. I mean, yeah. this is just how we do it. And um, we're the same way. We started playing together before we got married, and so we have no idea, you know. Exactly. Which how may it be, any it, other way. It's, it's probably connected. better. Yeah. I think it's cool. I, I love it, the connection between the music and the relationship. Mm -hmm. You really... I can't separate it. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. know if you guys... No. No, we're we not can't. able to. We'll have, like, supposed date night and then end up talking <laughs> about, you know... Yeah. Right. What would be called our business, but it's... But that's music, cool, because so. then you can write it off. You can write off the dinner. Yeah. Oh, exactly. yeah. Yeah. People don't realize... Write off the champagne. Oh. <laughs> yes, it's true. Yeah. So you guys live near Atlanta, right? Kind of between Athens and Atlanta? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. That's where you we went to school in Athens, as we mentioned, and so when we graduated, um, we moved closer to Atlanta yeah. for the for the work. And mm -hmm. um, it um, Athens you, to to go anywhere from Athens, you have to go through Atlanta anyway. Okay. So it, it made sense for us at the time. So it is. A, I agree with you. It's a great area. We used to play in a band that traveled a lot, and we. Um, Spent some time in in Athens and Atlanta. Yeah, mm -hmm. the the gig we did in, in uh, Eddie's attic. That that well, tour was the tour there we closed down a bunch of clubs. Yeah, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> None of the clubs yeah. told us before we went on this tour that we it were going to be the last night. band playing there or something. Oh. So we kind of went home going, God, we're so lucky we got paid most of the time, you know. Oh yeah, yeah but that was kind of sad though when you yeah. go to the venues and we just laughed a lot. You laughed. You had to laugh. Well, you had to laugh. Yeah. yeah, but you guys Fun are on tour good. right now. Yeah, Obviously we're you're here in Madison. Yeah, and tomorrow Sheboygan. Sheboygan. Yeah. yeah. What's the name of that club again? Green Room Pub. Green, Green Room, Room Pub. Pub. Yeah, really nice people and great uh, venue. They have lots of good music uh, music acts, yeah. and very supportive of music. And they get they get a lot of people from their town to come out. I'm not sure if it's for the music or, you know, for the beer and stuff, but... <laughs> well, this is Wisconsin, you know, we like our beer. I don't... Yeah. yeah, I can tell, and, and I we like, like it. We like your beer, too. I like it. Maybe I don't know what gave here. you that impression. <laughs> but you should, you all should go to MontanaSkiesMusic.com. So are you going to have kids? Oh. 
Whoa. Uh, there's the bomb of the night right there. I'm so in counseling now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think we know yet. I know that, yeah. that my biological clock I'm definitely is not ticking any. supposedly and all that, but, but I just, I, we keep um, biding our time. We're just not really sure. You know, Nietzsche, music. Nietzsche said uh, to produce music is, in a sense, to produce children. There you go. And I'm going to go with that for Good now. Good answer. John. I like that. Well, because, you know, if somebody has to stay home, who would it be? Um, the child. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Leave them with a string of Cheerios or a yeah. mix. Yeah. No, I'm just Eat kidding. Eat yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we, um, you know, we actually, before we started touring, we got a dear little dog from the... Um, a kennel from the shelter, yeah. and we loved him so much that he was really our dog son, and mm-hmm. we lost him a year ago, and I think that that actually was the first time that I really started thinking about having children, to yeah. tell you the truth, because he was my dog son, and yeah. I know it he sounds to, stupid. He used but to bite children also. That was, <laughs> no, he didn't. We got him from the pound, and he had certain behavioral issues, and that was one of them. He, just, he thought they were like little... Um, he never, or he never bit anything. He's just no. He's joking. He was a great dog. <laughs> he was but um, he was he was fearful of children. But that wasn't his fault because he was just um, a grown dog when we adopted him. So, but anyway, so yeah, maybe one day because I think that it's um, along with finding your own spirituality while we're here. You know, your mm-hmm. spiritual path. I think that creating life yourself is amazing. And I think that yeah. it's, I mean, it's so amazing to me when I see people that have had children that that came out of the other person, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, or even if you adopt, you know, that, that bond and everything. But I just, um, I just hadn't really um, thought about it personally until yeah. recently, like I said. But thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't mean to, you know. Jonathan, Jonathan was smiling until this point in the show. Now he's. <laughs> Those are sharp teeth. <laughs> yeah. Talking about um, like spirituality and everything, I'd like to share with you guys a ballad now. Okay. Um, this this song is called Canyon Breeze, and one of the major major perks about touring as a musician is that you get to take time to go see places and um, one of these uh, tours we were lucky enough to go see the Grand Canyon and take some some days there and um, it was it was really you know a beautiful moving natural kind of thing and so when we got home um, from that tour, we were talking to John's parents who had not been, and we, and we were trying to convince them to go and see it for themselves. Well, they never got around to it, and a whole year had passed, and so we um, made a plan that they would fly out to the west when we were on tour, and then we'd all drive into the canyon. And so um, they met us in Great Falls, Montana, and then we drove down. And we planned this trip. It was the first weekend of May. And that was the same time that John and I had been there the year before. And we had the most beautiful sunny weather. But this time, um, we pulled in, and everybody got to see um, the canyon before sunset. And then we all went to our rooms. The next morning, it had 
snowed overnight. And this is the first weekend of May, and it snowed overnight, and a mist came with the snow. And if you can, if you can believe this, you couldn't see the Grand Canyon. So we were, we were um, bummed, and we're trying to figure out what are we going to do to have the Grand Canyon experience with these first-timers especially. So the logical choice was we're going to take them to go see the IMAX movie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, um, how many of you have been to the Grand Canyon and, seen the, and also seen IMAX? Lots of you or some? Yeah. Take snow, I guess, to go see the IMAX. But um, that film touched on the history of the canyon, and it talked about um, ancient cultures that had lived in the Grand Canyon, then explorers that charted it, and then up to us as um, tourists and visitors. And we were thinking about how so many people had, had the opportunity to come and, and visit this wonderful um, place here, and that we were connected through time um, by this place, meaning that so many people had been there before we were there, and after we're all long gone, there's going to be many, many more people that come and, and visit this place, and that in a romantic sense, we were like um, visiting a little piece of eternity right here on Earth that we all get to share in together. And so this uh, melody for Canyon Breeze had been floating around in my head after our first visit, and after this um, second uh, snowy visit, we wrote the song Canyon Breeze. We always start with the melody, and then we let the spirit move us and play it different every time. So this is Canyon Breeze.
Montana Skies, Jenna Jonathan Adams. Wonderful. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show tonight. Thank you. Wasn't this wonderful? And thank you all for listening to Mad Toast Live. We're here at the Brink Lounge every Tuesday night, 701 East Washington Avenue. You also catch us on madtoastlive.com and on iTunes. Thank you for supporting live music. Thank you also to Andy Valley from Bear Sound for doing our front of house and podcast production. Thank you.